0: Same for
1: the show, Jay. All right, y'all ready? <laughs> oh,
0: Obviously.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> and welcome into the Barbershop 918. You're up in here with your man, Big Drew.
0: Big Drew!
1: Jay Rock. Boom. And the one and you only.
0: mess up,
1: right? <laughs> and the one and only Raw Dog. Uh, uh, we got a jam-packed ow. show. <laughs> We got a jam-packed show for you today.
0: we we'll talk with cell baby.
1: <laughs> and just a touch of jelly. All right, man. So in the word on the street, we're going to talk a little bit of music, news, television. We're going to get into a conversation about the Watchmen, Dolomite, as well as music charts and things of that nature. we also going to give you the box office chumps, uh, a little bit of NFL talk. I got a feeling it might get a little tense. We got to talk about the Bears and the Chiefs um also man brother you wrong we got a couple of people we want to call out this week and of course we are not going to let the day go without a little bit of thunder talk as well as uh sharing our favorite john witherspoon moments uh as he passed away uh last night so we definitely have to talk about this so you guys ready let's go all right it's time ladies gentlemen y'all get ready because it's time for Word on the Street. Word on the Street. It's a ah. I just don't know how the anointing continues to just drip off of your soul into our eardrums. Man. Man.
0: I'm a conduit. I keep telling y'all I'm a conduit.
1: A conduit, right? Yeah. 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 That was my favorite kind of forward. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Shut J- up, Drew. <laughs> J Rock, what you got in that music news, boss?
0: All right, I got a couple of things in music news. Uh, the Billboard chart we got coming at number 10, Chris Brown, Indigo. Number nine, Gucci Maine with his Waptober 2 album. Coming in at number eight, Little TJ, True to Myself. Number seven, Young Thug, So Much Fun. Number four, The Baby with the Kurt album. Number three, Summer Walker with the Over It album. Young Boy Never Broke Again. He was number one last week with his all Young Boy 2 album. And number one, once again, Post Malone. Hollywood bleeding, m- 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 mayonnaise music. Yeah, I'm mayonnaise a j- with a uh, little sprinkle of oregano. <laughs> not a just
1: little. Some, just a sprinkle. Not not a
0: little. <laughs> <laughs> in, uh, in other news, uh, Kanye West dropped his ninth studio album, "Jesus Is King," this past Friday. And I listened to the album about five times, and it's something missing there. That's um. Uh, everybody has their walk in life. Of- just call it trash. It's- you want to call it trash? You just scared to call it trash because it's, no, it's you know, <laughs> gospel well, music. No, no. What I'm saying is that you know people find Jesus and everything, but this album is. Probably the worst Kanye West album he's ever dropped. Well, what's wrong with it? Well, for one, it's uh, he's trying to pull this thing where he's not doing secular music anymore. So to me, the album came off as it was like a, a gospel break, like it was a musical in a, a group of people like did like a section of the musical. That's how I felt about the album. The album is only twenty seven minutes long.
1: Um, I think for me, I listened to it about same amount of times you listened to it, about four or five times, and um, throughout me listening, it was it was what I thought it would be. It sounded like, you know, like I'll put you like this: for people who know the Christian context, like, could you picture having a full studio like when you first decided to get back into church or when you first got into church? Like, or if you had a whole pulpit available to you, it's sort of like there's no substance there because maybe there's not a lot of substance within him right now. So it it wasn't what I'm used to hearing from gospel artists because that's not there yet. I think you got to I guess what I'm saying is you got to have the gospel to kind of be a gospel artist to some extent. But musically, it was what I thought it would be. There were a few bright spots where I was like, that sounds like a song. I mean, like this sounds like some Kanye West would do. It, sound, it sounded sincere with the exception of me just being cynical about the Sunday Morning song where it sounds like it's just a big Chick-fil-A commercial. But um, all in all, because I don't listen to current Kanye music and I haven't, I can't judge it up against other Kanye albums other than, you know, like anything he did before 2010. And no, nah, it's not as good as that. But to be honest with you, there's not a lot of music in general, period. This as good as what he was making those first uh, five six years, so yeah, for me, I like it. It, but it ain't like yeah. I'm gonna remember to cut it on. I'm not gonna. I didn't add any of it to any of my other playlists. There was nothing really inspiring. It was just like this is cool. I feel like he can build on it. Um,
0: well, I haven't I haven't listened to a tour of Kanye album in a long time. I've heard some of his music, and you know. So I'm not prob- I'm probably not going to listen to this one either. It, to me it doesn't make a difference that the focus has changed. You know, I just think Kanye um has fallen in love with himself. He does not innovate. He just continues to just listen to his own, you know, his own muse, I guess, his own voice. You know, when you're when you produce, when you're a producer as long as Kanye is, you have to learn to, you know, kind of collaborate every now and then just to, you know, open your, I don't know, open your horizons a little bit. I just think Kanye is so used to being Kanye. It just, there's nothing there's nothing exciting about his music anymore. So I didn't listen to his last two or three albums, probably won't listen to this one. Um, I'm just going to stick to the Kanye I Know. That was like the first three projects and a little bit of the 808 and Heartbreaks. And after that, I pretty much, you know, just sh- shut down on Kanye. Yeah, But hey, man, I'm all for, you know, a brother trying to better themselves, man. You know, I admire, you know, him going so public with, you know, this life change, but that doesn't make, that doesn't mean the music is any better.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the thing is, I hope that people give him the space to just be him, like to just do this for a little while, figure it out, and... You know what I'm saying? And listen, like, if you're a fan, listen objectively. If you're not a fan, don't listen at all. And if you're not a fan, keep your mouth off the man. Like, you ain't a fan, you just ain't a fan. You know, and I, I think that was the thing that was disheartening. when I watched the reaction this week, there was a ton of white evangelicals who were embracing the heck out of this album. And to each his own. He's They're allowed to do that. But mm-hmm. I also, on the other token, I saw a lot of black people killing it. And they don't even listen to Christian music or have a basis or don't want to listen to Kanye anymore. they just killing it just based off of not believing the man can change, just hating for hating's sake. And that's the part that's like, let's not get toxic, man. Like if it ain't your taste, it ain't your taste. Don't don't bother with it and give a critique. Um, I think, you know, like I wouldn't be giving a critique on the new Kanye album unless it was gospel. He crossed over into a world in which I live. But other than that, like I wouldn't be, you know, if it was a regular album, I I wouldn't be paying any attention to it. So it's no different than what I think I've experienced with listening to No Malice or uh, any other endless stream of artists who decided to go Christian. It's better than when Mace decided, but it's uh, (laughs) um, but, you know, it's it's status quo. I mean, it's the same old, same old. What else you got, Jay?
0: That's all I got for music uh, this week, man.
1: Yeah, there, there was something I wanted to mention that was music related was like and just and it's also related to, I guess, the gospel music world. Kirk Franklin is is boycotting uh, the the Trinity Broadcast Network, which does like, you know, like plays all the televangelists and stuff, which I didn't know really still existed, but it does. And their Dove Awards. So apparently uh, for two years in a row, he's been edited. Uh, his award speech has been edited where he's asked people to pray uh, for victims who've been shot by the police, as well as pray for police officers' families. And so the Dove Awards, you know, did it in 2006. He won the same exact award. He came back again. He did the same thing, asked us to pray for Ms. Jefferson and her family and the, an the officer uh, who killed her. And um, they edited it out. They took it out uh Again, so now he's saying let's boycott. So um, you'll start seeing a stream of other gospel artists and other you know people who've gotten awards, including Amy Grant and Lecrae and other people who've hopped in and said that they'll also be boycotting um, Trinity Broadcasting Network as well as the Dove Awards. So I just want to throw that out there. It's not the typical music news we cover, but it's something interesting to follow because this is a group let, of... Let,
0: let, let, let me just say this. You know, probably about Nine, ten years ago, you know me and a partner of mine was doing you know what most would consider, I guess Christian hip hop. And you know we we were actually surprised, honestly, at some of the soul racism that is in the Christian music um, you know landscape. It's there. It's subtle, but it's there. you know, gospel music is black, Christian music is white. And those are the lines that you, you know, have to navigate if that's the kind of music you're going to do. It's there. I mean, with the Gospel Music Association, with the Dove Awards, all that stuff, there's always this very, very thin line of solo racism that's there that kind of keeps the so-called Christian artists separate from the so-called gospel artists. So it's there. I mean, anytime you let men get involved with something like that, they're going to put their biases on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, I see what Perk is talking about because that has been around for years. It hasn't it hadn't gone anywhere.
1: Yeah. No, it's time for a change. It definitely is. All right, Raw Dog, man, it's your turn to give us the box office chumps and everything that's going on with movie news. What you got, boss? All
0: right, man. And number five. With eight point eight million, a uh, horror movie countdown. I don't even know if I even heard of this. No it's sir. A movie about uh, about an app that counts down when you're going to die, and you actually <laughs> do. Yeah. No, okay. Nice. Okay. At number four, uh, with eleven point eight million, Zombieland, uh, Double Tap with uh, Woody Harrelson, and uh, that's all I know. All right, number three. Uh, the Adams family with 12 million. At number two, still making money. Made nineteen million this week. It's been out like what, a month now? Made nineteen point two million, man. At number two. And at number one, uh Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, made nineteen point three. It made just a little above what Joker made, which told you what kind of juggernaut. Yeah, I said juggernaut. I know what that word means that the Joker is. That is incredible. Now, uh, so yeah, coming out Friday, November 1st is uh, Terminator, Dark Fate. As I said, a lot of these Terminator movies like for the past few years have really sucked, but they are bringing back Linda Linda Hamilton who plays Sarah Connor. And of course, they're bringing back Arnold. So that's a a, a chance this one might be decent, but who knows? That's coming out. And also, if you in the mood to be really upset or mad or whatever, Harriet is coming out this week, <laughs> this weekend. <Yeah. laughs> so, so this is a movie based on Harriet Tubman. And I have to say, it's really hard for me to just go to a movie like that. I have to kind of be in the mood because I know I'm going to get really angry watching it.
1: So hold on. What's the sla- So what is your slave mood? What gets you in the slave mood? Like, Because that's what it is. These are slave movies. <laughs> So what,
0: <laughs> what does your
1: wife have to do to get you in the slave movie mood? Like how does this happen?
0: Well, you know, let's say let's say I had a bad day at work where I felt put upon. I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I wanna watch a slave movie. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it really depends. I have to have had a you know, a bad day in uh, you know, corporate America to go, you know what, yeah. I need to see some black folks getting over, so you know there you go. Harriet this weekend, and there you go. All
1: right, all right. So um, that's some good stuff, man. But Netflix, uh, Hulu, and all the typical things we watch, man, really good stuff. I'm not going to go in detail because I didn't tell you guys, but I finished up the Wu Tang Saga season one. It's really good. It's worth the binge. It's only ten episodes. It does have some down spots where you're like. I don't care. It's not about Wu-Tang. Stop talking about these people. But um, it does really chronicle like that first part, like the last three episodes talk about when uh, RZA was Prince Rakeem and what he kind of went through. I remember that. Yeah. And so like all the, it's pretty much worth it, man. Just so make sure you check out the end of that. But uh, my big recommendation is definitely that you check out Dolomite. Dolomite is surprisingly an inspirational movie. Like I walked away from it. I almost teared up on one part, man, but it makes you rethink about the man, Rudy Ray more than anything. Like the movie is about him making Dolomite, the movie, but it really explores the hustle of this man and makes you really appreciate Rudy Ray Moore. So, I think it's it's Eddie Murphy turned in an excellent performance. It it I ne- I did not feel like I was watching Eddie Murphy. I really felt like this was a character I was invested in and I wasn't like halfway in, halfway out. Cause usually when you watch Eddie Murphy movie, it's kind of like you're watching an Eddie Murphy movie. I felt like I was watching a Dolomite movie. So um the cast, you know, that they had the supporting cast, it was it was great because it was a lot of people that you could tell fall under. Eddie Murphy as comedians but yet they still they wasn't just an ah they held their parts as you know as best as they could and you, but you so I enjoyed it man I, I really loved it I'm interested uh, Raw Dog and, and and you too Jay like what you guys thought about if you saw it but like especially you Raw Dog with you being uh, of the knowledge like you actually probably went to go see Rudy Ray more cause you old um, <laughs> <laughs> I felt that coming. I was going to let you finish.
0: Yeah. I wasn't going to be like Kanye. I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I've actually seen Dolomite several times. Discovered Dolomite mm, probably when I was, uh, well, actually, I was in my 20s when I discovered Dolomite. I didn't know anything about it. I rented the movie, and I said, what in the heck is this? It was just, watching a Dolomite, Dolomite movie is a mind-blowing experience. So, man, Eddie did a great job of this movie. And that's because Eddie had an affinity for the man himself, Rudy Ray Moore. He had an affinity for him, so he, he really wanted to, you know, play him well, and, and he really disappeared into the part, which is what good actors do. Uh, it was well-paced. The, the, the cast was incredible. Wesley was hilarious. You know what I mean? Who knew Wesley was that funny? Wesley yeah. was hilarious in his part. Um, and the young lady that played, uh, uh, lady B and uh, she was lady B in the movie, but she was, uh, I, I forget. Cause she, she got, she had like two names, but the young, that was her first movie role. Let me tell you, she brought it, She did. You know? and you yeah. could tell that, yeah, you could yeah, tell that Eddie was really pushing for her. You, I mean, you could, I mean, they, the cast just, they really got into the whole let's make a movie vibe because that's, they were making a movie about making a movie. Just a great, great, great movie, man. I was I was really impressed. And I had a high expectations and, and they were met, man. Love the movie. Gotta yeah. go see it. Yeah. Don't nobody's my name. Yeah. Uh, gotta check it out this weekend. All
1: uh, right. You okay. So Jay, gotta, you gotta see it, man. Jay, have you seen The Watchmen yet though, on HBO? Uh
0: episode one, I recorded it, oh. but I haven't checked it out yet.
1: So we about to spoil it for you because we ain't no good, okay?
0: Uh, go ahead. Well, well okay. first of all, let me just let me let me just say this. Brother, I own? had my daughter watch watch the first 5 minutes yes. of Watchmen episode 1. I said like, you got to see this. You know, because the way they captured the uh the the race riot, the Tulsa race
1: riot massacre was unbelievable. Yeah, is race massacre. Yeah, the Tulsa
0: race uh massacre. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. Um it had never been shown on TV like that. And I didn't know that this was all going to be centered around Tulsa, Tulsa, Oklahoma. That threw me. I'm like, Whoa, for real? That's where they're going with this. So uh, to start off with that and go from there, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a ride just in the two episodes
1: I've seen. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to understand that the Watchmen is a DC comic, but this does not, follow the Watchmen storylines although it's permissible for Watchmen storylines to change so we've just we're really getting introduced to a, a new way of telling the story so if you've seen the the Watchmen movie or read the comics there and there's a lot of people in the comic skate movement that are very upset comic skate is basically your tea party for comics um they're very upset because it's like you know this isn't the original this isn't what I want it to be, but, um, they think it's too woke. Yeah. And so I, I, it is a very, uh, opening. It remind and and I hate to cross like stories too much into the comic world, but there is a current comic out right now written by, uh, Dave Walker called bitter root, which, um, was the gentleman who, uh, who's the producer of black Panther. um, or the director of Ryan Black Coogler. yeah, Coogler is going to, and his wife is going to be making a Bitter Root project, uh, and they're. Gonna, I don't know who's going to house it, but it's going to be coming out. But it's the same concept of what this Watchmen is kind of about, where um, you've got you've got people, who, you know, who is is they're putting race and racism at the center of the storyline, and so um, it's pretty good, man. Regina King. The only thing that I'm gonna say that's kind of like funny to me about this show, and it's not meant to be funny, but when you're not watching the screen, like if you look down at your phone, and Regina King is like whooping white supremacist butt, but it sounds like Riley, and so I kind of (laughs) (laughs) yeah, because she's yeah, because she's the Boondocks character, so it's like man, like you expect her to say "Get him, Granddad," but it's. (laughs) So, but I don't, you know, so you all gay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's a lot like it. There's, I think they're going to reveal you have to be patient. It's in typical comic story form. You got to be patient. There are people I see or hidden internet that are like, yo, you know, like why are there squids falling from the sky? Um, why is this happening? What's going on with this? It's one of those things where you're going to have to be really, really patient and kind of just look out for the the clues and other things to kind of just be able to say, okay, this is what's up with it. Like, because you're not going to be able to follow everything. You just got to wait for them to reveal certain things. So, Jay, that's us kind of giving a rundown of the Watchmen without us talking details. After you get caught up, we're going to talk details. All right. All right. (laughs) It's worth the watch, man, especially if you... Because, I mean, we the Barbershop 918. If we don't talk about a show that's based out of the 918, what we doing? You know?
0: brother. is wrong. That's true.
1: Yeah. Although, in the show, I couldn't help but notice that a phone number given was a 539 number, and I was like, that's that's not okay.
0: (laughs) It's not okay.
1: (laughs) They need to say 918. (laughs) (laughs) That's that weird area code... (laughs) What's weird is they're filming seven years
0: ago. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're filming this in Atlanta, so they're trying to make Atlanta look like Tulsa. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, no, I mean you know, and everything's filmed in Atlanta now. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's yeah. yeah, ain't nothing you can do about it. I mean, at least I, hopefully they come get some exterior shots. But I really, when you when it boils down to it, it's just really it's nothing much. I think Tulsa could add to, to it without throwing off the storyline a little bit because things, nothing's the same. So, um, but yeah, the Watchmen, man, definitely make sure you check that out. Um, it's a lot of, it's a lot of good stuff going on on television and, uh, and other things, man, but we're going to go ahead and shift. Um, Oh, real quick, man. HBO has a, a documentary about the Apollo, um, where they're just talking about the history of Apollo, but the the backstory of the documentary, they're also talking about uh how the Apollo is doing a presentation on the uh I can't never say this dude's first name. I practice it and then I always mess it up to uh Tahanasi Coates <laughs> about his book, uh Between Me and the uh, and the world. So it's like that's gonna be a good documentary. So make sure you check that one out, man. Um right now is one of our favorite times, man. Y'all ready to move on from Word on the Street? Let's do it. All Let's right. do it. J-Rock, it's time for us to talk a little bit of NFL. I can, Oh, yeah. What about, so the Cowboys had a bye week, right?
0: Yeah, we won this week. <laughs>
1: <coughs>
0: First place in the NFC East.
1: Well, then the Eagles win, so aren't they inching a little bit closer to taking the division?
0: They still try. We still <laughs> were number one in the
1: East. Oh, okay. I I just wanted to see. Would you be objective about that? And I, you are.
0: And, and, he, and he wasn't. He wasn't whatsoever. Yeah. well I wouldn't no, say. No, no. When the Eagles played the Cowboys, what happened? The Cowboys dominated the Eagles from the the start of the game to the end of the game.
1: Yeah. It was a dominate. A, domin- a
0: cost nothing.
1: So at the end of the day, Cowboys still at the front at the front of the pack. Yes, sir. All right. What about them Bears, man? I heard y'all lost on a yeah, kick. We
0: suck. <laughs> yeah, we suck. Uh I'm very disappointed. I'm very disappointed. Yeah, so my we, got got to we and and you know what? That's that's the only thing that makes me feel good about the Bears losing Sunday. Uh, they got really whooped up on last Sunday from the Saints. I mean, just whooped up on. And then this Chargers game, man, come on. How do we lose like that? It's just I had so much high hopes for this team, man. And I So we we don't score a lot of points. Our offense is not it's not good. Just period. Uh and that puts a lot of pressure on our defense, man. These the defense can only, you know, pull the Bears, you know, butt out of fire for so long, man. You know, we we're going up against some really good offenses, man. It's just I'm really disappointed. We're like fourth now in the NFC North. Um, and we just thought off that way. So I don't know what else to say. We lose another game to me. That's the season. Yeah. I got the Eagles this Sunday. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I'm very disappointed. Who do the Cowboys got this? Something needs to happen.
1: What about, well, yeah, let me, I'm sorry. I'm jumping too far. So is it the quarterback issue? Is it Mitch? Is it the receivers? Is it you know? Is it a lack of a running game, or is it just p- coach play calling? What what can you identify with it's, your offense a, being broke?
0: It's all of those, all of them, all the things you mentioned. That's what's wrong with the offense. <laughs> it's the play calling, <laughs> it's the quarterback, it's it's everything. It's just a very anemic offense, man. Uh, we play scared, we play very conservative, and I I, I don't know what the fix is. Because there's so many, I mean, it's like, if you, so many leaky holes, which one do you plug
1: up? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. All right, man. The Chiefs, the Chiefs of Kansas City played high school football coach Matt Moore. Let me keep, (laughs) let me put that, let's put that in perspective. Colin Kaepernick, still in shape, out doing different things in the community. Matt Moore. High school football coach, NFL combine scout, just living life. Um, he put his beard yeah, down.
0: That's how, the, that's, <laughs> that's how NFL get down, man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he put his beard down and said, watch this, and went out there and did not look bad. I'm not going to lie. I don't blame the loss completely on him. I think it showed how special Patrick Mahomes is because the offense does create, there are a lot of weapons. But there's something that Patrick Mahomes brings to the game that just your average run-of-the-mill, strong-arm quarterback can't do. And Matt Moore is that. He's your average guy, and he was able to keep us in it. Um, But our defense is just so – our defense is the Chicago Bears offense, okay? Mm. Every single thing you named, I can say the same thing about our defense. Um, It's just – it's the – you know – our secondary's not holding up. Um, we, But here's the thing. There are a lot of key injuries. We have Kendall Fuller out. That's a starting cornerback. We have uh, three. Now we have three uh, people on the front line out with Chris Jones. Okafer went out uh, the second, third play of the game. Um, and then we also have uh, the guy uh, Clark, Frank Clark out. So having so many key pieces on the defense out. Um, it was just it was one of those things where I didn't expect our defense to play top notch. I think the only bright spot for the Kansas City Chiefs that I saw was that if or I see in this mess is if these players come back and they're not banged up and they come back and they really are recovered. The second half of the season will be good for us. Um, if we can come back healthy, people are over injuries. We limp into a bye. We'll be able to come back healthy and, and really run uh a not so tough end of the year. a not so tough end of the year um, so I think I think we've got a really good chance of of still evening things out. we might end up wild carding it but at the end of the day I think we still are a playoff team especially with a healthy uh Patrick Mahomes coming back so Jay when, when is he coming back um so here's the thing. I feel like it's a little bit of a weekend at Bernie's thing. I think that they are trying to drag him out there too soon, maybe, but, um, he is probable. Like they, they waited to the very last minute to, uh, to rule him out for the last game. So it's almost a definite that Patrick Mahomes wants to be out there unless he suffers some sort of setback, um, or something that they just see there. I expect him to actually play the next game. Um, but I, you know, that we don't know until probably we won't probably know until Friday um, about That's that. The injury, the injury
0: itself was just crazy because when he was on the bottom of the pile, I I thought he had just you know got knee like just a sprained knee. I didn't know he dislocated
1: his kneecap. <laughs> and if you look when they show the replay, you can see where they popped it back up, and this kid is like Superman, like they. You know, they pop it back into play. Like one, if I see my kneecap anywhere else other than on the cap of my knee, you know, or however that works. At the I'm end gonna lose it. Yeah. And he's like, he just like, huh? And then they pop it back up and he walks off. Like I think if he would have if they would have let him get back in that game, he would have. Um so we'll see, man. Like what we'll, but yeah, it, it, it's it's weird, man. It was a very freakish. It was a very freakish play. I did not expect that to happen. Um, I was expecting it to be the ankle. The good thing is the ankle's now healed a little bit more. If the kneecap is really not bother bothersome, then you're talking, you know, we actually got a chance to get him a little bit more healthy than than we know. I, I wouldn't even be mad if the Chiefs take that loss and set him, because we, we can be competitive. So I think if they set him down another week, I wouldn't be mad at it just to make sure that he's healthy because He is an MVP. Um, So you got to do that, man. What about the Dallas Cowboys, man? Who are they playing next week?
0: Uh, The Cowboys are on Monday Night Football. They're playing the New York Giants, which will probably be the last easy game for them for the season because the Cowboys, they have a tough stretch at the end of the season. They still have to play the Rams. New England, Minnesota, Chicago, Philadelphia again, in uh, Buffalo, in your Redskins to end the season.
1: Yeah, that's not a tough schedule. But yeah, I guess if you're a Cowboys fan, you might look at it that way. But I'm, I don't. Know. Sometimes I say I don't even know what I was saying, man. I'm just messing with you, Jay. Um, with the exception of the Redskins, that is. That is a there's some intimidating games on there. And then because the Redskins is a divisional game, you know, knowing the Cowboys, because it's divisional, because I can say that about the Chiefs and the Broncos, you know what I'm saying? You fool around and lose a game like that. Um, you never know. You never know. Hey, let me ask y'all an NFL related question. Who's the best quarterback in the league right now this year? Is it is it uh Aaron Rodgers? Isn't Aaron Rodgers over? Aaron Rodgers. Now, so you don't think what Tom – you don't think Tom Brady – you think because Tom Brady's played, like, powder puff, you know, football teams that maybe he's not that? Or do you think he's playing special? Tom, Tom hasn't been tested yet. Tom hasn't been tested yet. Yeah.
0: You know, the, the Patriots have pretty much crushed every team they've played, but they haven't really played anyone yet. I you think know, that's going to really
1: – Yeah, they've got the – Go Don't they got the Texans this week? I think so – Deshaun, ravens Ravens Raven, it's the Ravens yeah so uh, i knew they had one of the young black quarterbacks um and he's playing he's still playing pretty decent so that ravens defense may test time brady we may see the first loss we may we may so i don't know i just wanted to ask you that question because a lot of people been debating who's the best quarterback right now and people throw deshaun watson out there russell wilson um they feel like Patrick Mahomes, if healthy, could have been, could be, and I even hear some people because of QBR um, say that Dak Prescott has to be entered into the conversation. But hands down, everyone's saying we're seeing an MVP uh, performance right now out of um, out of our man up in Green Bay, and yeah, he looked special. He's
0: yeah, he's playing with uh, wide receivers off the streets right now, and that's the reason why I say he's the best quarterback. And he pretty much you know the Kansas City game that fourth quarter you where your team didn't get out the field, he just kept running the right play to keep the keep the drives going, yeah yeah
1: yeah that 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 that's pretty much what that was makes his other players look good,
0: you know what i mean that's that uh that Jordan factor right
1: there, yeah um all right man well, that's NFL news let's let's switch back. Real quick, uh, before we finish talking up sports, let's switch back to like a more serious kind of, not serious, but let's switch back into entertainment. John Witherspoon, um, passed away. Now, John Witherspoon's been around, oh man, since the seventies, um, you know, like as far as visible, visible on television and doing different things, but has been doing stand-up since the uh, late sixties from my understanding from when I was reading, um, this man's been around for a minute and we know him, and it, it, it's almost like you feel like you lost an uncle. And so we want to celebrate some of the top moments of John Witherspoon's career. Um, not a top five, but just top moments, man. So, what are you guys, uh, some of you guys' favorite moments?
0: I'll, man, I'll, I'll, it's got to be. My uh... first... <laughs> go ahead, Rob, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead Rob, Jay. Go ahead, Jay. <laughs> okay, uh, the first Friday. I think he was he was integral in that the success of that movie. I mean, a lot of folks want to point to Chris Tucker, and obviously Chris Tucker was important to the original Friday. But if you don't have John Witherspoon in there, come on, man, would would it, would it even be the same movie? So you got to say his performance in Friday. Uh, he he introduced himself to a whole another set, a whole another generation that didn't even know who he was. You know.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think. Um... I didn't know who he was, in all honesty, um, period, until Friday.
0: Yeah. Right, right. And, of course, him playing uh, Granddad <laughs> on Boondocks introduced him to an even younger generation, would you say, Jay? Yeah, because, you know, most people didn't know about him. And so with the Boondocks, for the people who had followed him from the comics and everything, they knew that voice right away. And he just kind of like just opened it up, opened him up to a new a new audience. But I say my first memory of him is Hollywood Shuffle.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Mr. Yeah. Jones. yeah, that's a good okay. one.
0: Winky Dinky dong <laughs> And
1: and so you know what's funny is I really when I think about it, I, I have to take that back. Before Friday, I knew him as the dad on Boomerang and right. yeah, you, gotta you, gotta co- you gotta coordinate
0: uh, daddy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah man I, like that was and, and who was the lady who played his wife in the movie oh man Myra from House Party yep I
0: don't know the actor's name but she always played his wife
1: yeah so I think uh, <laughs> what, what you doing calling the <laughs> holy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, house party. Yeah, I think that that's uh, that was one of my favorite ones, man. But you know when he was pops on uh, on the Wayne Brothers show um, when he did the song uh, when my love goes bang bang bang, that was hilarious. <laughs> that always stuck with me. But
0: when he used to t- he used to take that white belt off and beat the boys with it, <laughs> yeah, don't make me take my
1: belt. Yeah, it. the Mr. Weather And you know what? It wasn't on a James Avery level, but it it rivals the James Avery scene with Fresh Prince where he tells Craig to put the gun down like that. You know, like when or when he walks in and he's like, you know, he's saying, well, you think you're a man with that gun? That that was a serious little scene there for a second. So he showed he showed he had some acting chops that are different than, uh, you know, I'm saying than what he had shown. You live live to see another day. (laughs) Even though I laugh now, I still kind of, yeah, I, I did take that. I took the scene seriously, you know. Um, you know, like the thing that amazed me when I was looking at it was like, I've watched the Richard Pryor roast. I watched it two or three different times. And it was like the last episode of the Richard Pryor show where they did a roast of Richard Pryor. And he was the first guy right. that got up. And I, I always forget that Spoon is John Witherspoon. And like what he said about Richard Pryor in the roast wasn't funny. Richard Pryor got up and was and and really actually roasted every single body there, like every single uh, single one of them. But uh, he was round for the Richard Pryor show. Like he had a few different spots on, you know, a few different characters he did. And uh, in, in the, the writer, yeah, in the roast, it's hilarious because Richard Pryor was like, "It's funny." Uh, he was like, "It's always good when you get a chance to hear from a nobody." And points out, <laughs> and points out he was like, you know, he's only been on television 30 seconds total. And so he, you know, Richard Pryor went in So, like the highlight of him being on TV back then was Richard Pryor roasting him. But um, man, like, to, it was also on good times when, uh, when Lona uh, had Penny and Penny's mama show
0: back up and they threw that crazy party and, uh, to, to you know, to frame he and he was a cop. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> he was on Martin too, he was wasn't was he?
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was on Martin, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, Uncle, Uncle, what did Junior? he play on Martin? Uncle Junior, Uncle Junior Uncle on uh, Thanksgiving episode, I believe. Yeah, he was. A, he was the crazy army vet.
1: Yeah. So, man, it, he, he's he been – he did a lot of stuff that we know behind the scenes as well as in front, and he encouraged or inspired a lot of people still out there doing stand-up this year, man. Like, I remember – it was just this year. I think it was earlier this year he had a stroke when he was in Kansas City and then turned around and was back on the road like six or seven days later. So, like, this dude was wow. was still pushing and still going and – the thing like I saw on Twitter uh last night that kind of got me was like his son tweeted out that, you know, yeah, my dad died. I don't know how to feel about it right now, but that was my best friend. We always roasted each other every time we saw each other. And it's just like you could see the closeness of that relationship. And so to know that he was a good father is a good thing because a lot of comedians, a lot of people, they may put their career before their child and it's evidence that he didn't do that, like that he was a good, strong black man that took care of his. So I definitely appreciate his body of work and who he was um, to his son and to his family and everything I, for what we know,
0: you know. Yeah. Let's get one big get to for my man. Oh, <laughs> that, bang, bang, bang,
1: bang, bang. That was on <laughs> point. Both <laughs> of y'all was on point on that. Both of y'all sounded just like him, actually. All right, man, we're going to definitely miss him. Um, it's time for us to talk about, let's shift back to sports. Cause this is what we do, man. We like to just talk about whatever comes up in the barbershop 918. And basketball is our favorite sport to talk about, man. We got a lot going on in NBA. Before we get into Thunder Talk, just want to mention uh, just a couple of things. You got uh, LeBron and the Lakers looking like they might do something this year. Um They're 3-1, and I believe that's what it is. They really actually haven't left L.A. technically this year because they lost to the Clippers, really what I would say at home. But um, they're looking good down in L.A. There's a few, like, I don't know, it's only four games, five games into the season. I've watched a little bit. Um, And everybody, it it still looks like it's just up. It's definitely up in the air. But I, I can tell you this much. When the Clippers get Paul George at full strength, they're going to be kind of scary, man, because Kawhi knows how to share the ball, and they've got some good role players, some excellent role players. Now, who don't got some excellent role players is J-Rock's pick to go back to the finals out of the West, the Golden State Warriors. Now, it's (laughs) it's too early to really say anything, but are the Golden State Warriors garbage?
0: I'll say this, that that first night when they played against the Clippers, I didn't realize that the Warriors had made all those changes in the offseason. They got a brand new team with the exception of Steph Curry and Draymond Green.
1: Yeah, they got rid of Andre Iguodala, which was the heart and soul of their team. Um, Levinston, heart and soul of the team. Like, there were some key players that it's like, you really just, you can't actually get rid of those people. And think you're going to be the same.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a different look there, man. They brought in D'Angelo Russell, but he just doesn't. I mean, he scored points and everything. It, it's just different right now. Yeah. Steve, Steve Kerr got a coach now. It,
1: it's it's no good.
0: Let me, let me make sure I understand this. So LeBron wears a wig, right? Is that <laughs> is that pretty much? <laughs> yeah. It, it's a. <laughs> It's a lace front. I just want to make lace sure front. I understand that because it was it was going up. It was it was going up on them. It was it was. Why don't I just go bald, bro? I mean, what do you do? What most brothers do when your hair ain't right no more? Just go bald. What's his problem? Or, Is or, he that vain, bro?
1: Or if you're not gonna go bald, I do what Ryan Davis says, dude. Like uh, comedian Ryan Davis, he's suggesting we go back to the James Evans that we just like.
0: Oh,
1: <laughs> Like, ladies, accept it for what it is. I'm wearing it. I'm rocking it with the fro with the hole in it, and it's rough. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I got it. Man. I, got, I got, I got, uh, my nose is flat. I got these corduroy pants. I'm gonna try
0: on <laughs> exactly. Rock the Astrodome.
1: <laughs> yeah, just let them happen, man. We ain't all gotta be all dressed up anymore and everything. Like, you know, like, just let's go back to that rugged manhood of just dressing up like James Evans. Not dressing up, but you know, being you know, just throw it out there. George Jefferson, James Evans, all these men got women. Well, I don't know if James got women, but
0: no, James had Florida with all of her orange.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Why does Florida wear so much orange? It 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 accented her her the Esther Rose the neck it it it, <laughs> it was. Wow! Shut up! You made me do it. Why you... <laughs> nice and <ship>, huh? <laughs> you just dumped it <laughs> like Shaq like Shaq in '94. Running down the court, pointing both hands in the air, <laughs> throwing up my fraternity. You know, just. <laughs> Oh, all <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, it is. I'm sorry. Yeah, you know. Bad influence, huh? Yeah, you are. You are. Like, you know, we we supposed to be believing men. Like, on this show, you should be Pastor Wilson and I should be Pastor Drew. But, you know.
0: <laughs> she did wear a lot of orange, though.
1: Yes, yeah, she did. She did.
0: It was Halloween. It was Halloween every day in the Evan household.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> She, she, did she have a, 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 never mind, jack o' lanterns, jack o' lanterns, all right. Um, so, how, how did you get to t- a, her people would kind of like that, wouldn't they? We, no, we won't, we won't do this. Oh, okay. let's say the subject. <laughs> yeah. I don't even know why we <laughs> talk talking well, about James is an icon. Yeah, we can't do She's this. an icon. All right. So, let's, and a,
0: and a, and a state.
1: Yeah. So that's Florida. We have, yeah. All right. So, all right. It's time for us to 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 talk about the Thunder, man. The Thunder played the Rockets, and I watched the game. And we were in command for, uh, in typical Billy Donovan style, um, against the Rockets. Actually, uh, we have a history of playing the Rockets well, getting P.J. Tucker in the foul trouble, doing what we're supposed to do, running on all cylinders. And then if one person goes cold, because we don't ever think on, how can we stop James Harden? Because he's going to get the calls. He's going to break records going to the uh, to the foul line. And somehow we just we let the lead slip soon as the third. We started losing momentum at the end of the second. It still was a solid first half of basketball. We lost momentum in the third and then we just tried to play catch up the whole fourth and it just did not matter what we did. And I think it's a big part of as much as I like seeing the ball movement that we have now uh, because the ball doesn't stop with Russ. The problem is Dennis Schroeder. Was brought in strategic, in my opinion. I obviously don't know for certain, but I feel like Schroeder's involvement with the team was somewhat strategic in the sense that he could be like Baby Russ. When Russ is out, he generates his own offense, and so sometimes the ball does stop with him. When I watched that Rockets game, the ball stopped with Schroeder because Schroeder wasn't hot, and we just, you know, when someone's not hot. We have to start taking advantage of the fact that we have some pretty decent, not great, not good even, I would say probably adequate to decent uh, bigs that can score the ball. And we need to actually get the ball in Noel's hands and we need to get the ball in Adam's hands a little bit more frequently to stop some of those runs and to even put more fouls on a Clint Capella or some of these people who are playing with smaller bigs than we have or less wide, you know, our, our young bigs. So, I was disappointed in that loss, and I feel like that loss really was uh, coach-related. But it also reminded me that I don't miss Russ that much. Um, Because now that he's not on my team, I can judge him harshly, and I can agree with people on how horrible he is sometimes to a team. Um, Let's let's talk about his hairstyle, first of all. Why (laughs) he looked
0: like the devil? I don't. What? Come on, man. He looks, like, he looks like the. what come on, man. You. He got them two braids come down in front, man.
1: What? What is he trying to prove, man? Come on. Even <laughs> if he was with the thumb, I'd be like, what is happening with Russ's hair, man? Yeah. Yeah. You definitely would have had to but, criticize it, but it's. Yeah. Yeah. It kind of goes down. I mean, the, what? What? What is it? It goes down like the front of his face, like turbos curl. Yeah. It, it's. <laughs> I'm just wait, and I, we say, that, I, no. I, I find a way. I find a way to say this That's every year on the show. Yeah, every time on the show, I get a chance to say when he, when he fell, Turbo fell down the stairs, and was like,
0: "Uh, uh. <laughs> Hey man, don't you know, I sat down and watched a whole documentary about Turbo.
1: How? <laughs> Who made that? Did he make just, that himself? <laughs> it had to be. It looked like the name of an iPhone. Directed bro. By me. <laughs> 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 he shot that on his iPhone. <laughs>
0: man, I sat and watched that whole documentary and all oh, like, I cannot believe him. I cannot believe him wasting time watching this. <laughs> there, it's on Prime Video. It's called the something, something, the Boogaloo Shrimp. That was his name, right? It's oh, a whole well, documentary about Turbo.
1: Oh, that's crazy! That's funny. That's crazy. That it if you got time
0: to lose, then you should look at you should watch the Boogaloo Shrimp documentary on Prime, <laughs> Amazon Prime,
1: or not. Uh, we got named it. <laughs> Yo, that's the name of this show, the Boogaloo Shrimp Shrimp episode, man. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's the highlight. Of, of like, <laughs> I'm about like sixty now. Man, all right, man. <laughs> But, yeah, other than that, man, I think the cool thing about the Thunder, that Golden State win is fool's gold, obviously. I don't think anybody was impressed by it. In fact, the Thunder actually did that a couple of years ago where we came out and whooped Golden State's head, and it didn't mean anything. And that's when we had a squad. So, like, losing to Golden State means nothing to Thunder fans or winning to Golden State and winning big. It's like been there, done that. But I'll put to you like this. It does show that when we're clicking on all cylinders – we really can beat some of these average teams. We can really, you know, we can sweep some of our short series against East teams. You know, like we can actually get something done, you know, against marginally decent teams. Like we can beat a Heat, like, you know, Miami Heat maybe, or uh, Detroit Pistons. Like we can get it together and roll with them if we don't play to their talent and we play on all cylinders. But we'll just have to also see like what, well, the chemistry and the makeup of this team will be later down the line. Pete the Puma is somehow managed to have gotten paid for two calendar years without dribbling a ball, <laughs> and he's still not playing. He's out for tonight out for yeah, for tonight's game, and so it, he it, is it's, sticking the Thunder organization up with both guns and a mask. Well, I think you know, like I think he was ready to come back, and then it got to this point where it's like, oh, Russ ain't you know nobody. Oh, they're gonna actually have to watch me. I might have to actually play. Like you know, it's <laughs> so uh, you know I, I would fake it too. Hey, nah, know man, his knee still sore. I'm, he went from having on a full jumpsuit, like a full like uniform and everything, like he was gonna come in to now he just back in the turtleneck. He it seemed like he wear a blazer and a turtleneck on the sideline all the time. I don't think he actually does, but it just seemed like he do. Um, with sneakers,
0: <laughs> yeah, with
1: sneakers, <laughs> yeah. So man, it, it's it's. I don't know. That's all I got to say about the Thunder, man. Like, it ain't as bad as it seemed, but it ain't as good as it seemed, too. I don't know how that makes sense, but if you watch the Thunder, you know what I'm talking about. They're going to
0: compete every night as long as Chris Paul is healthy. I'll take, for example, that uh, the first game against Utah, think back to whenever Russ was playing, and it would be situations where it's five seconds left on the shot, shot clock And Russ throwing up a three-pointer and kicking his leg out. Chris Paul is either going to drive and try to get a basket or he's going to drive and kick it out to one of the three-point shooters. And so our offense is flowing a little bit better. It's just that we don't have the star power, so it's almost like the team chemistry is going to have to play better. Steven Adams is going to have to play better. He's not playing in tonight's game. He's dealing with an injury. But we need a healthy Stephen Adams in order for our front line to be successful this year.
1: Yeah, and I think that's something we're gonna have to get used to seeing too. Uh, a player like Stephen Adams, who's always known for going really hard, is probably gonna have more uh, uh, what's it called risk management time. You know, he's because he's a commodity now; like he's on that mar trade market, and he's probably gonna try to stay as healthy and show himself to be you know someone that can can be attractive to a contender. So I would see, I'll I'll probably look forward to seeing him protect himself more frequently as well as Chris Paul. I expect to see them, you know, have these small little bang up injuries and miss a game here, miss a game there. And so um, I I think that's the thing. I feel good about some of the young, the young talent because I feel like their heart is in it. Um, This is finally, I think after this season, we will know Is Billy Donovan a coach or a game manager? And um, so far, I think, yeah, there's more ball movement, but it's still game management ball movement. I don't know if he's a motivator that can get a team over the hump. I don't know if he's brilliant enough to get a team over the hump in the NBA to say, okay, this is how you don't give up 10 points. This is how you come back from 10 points when you don't have the talent. You know, like, can his system shut people down defensively? And he's just not showing us that. But that's what I want to see this whole season, or he's not showing us that. And that's what I hope this season reveals so we know what we have in our coach. Do we have an actual coach, or do we just have uh, some dude who wears gold chains, you
0: know? In, In other news, we have an NBA fight tonight. Joel Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns just had a fight.
1: Oh, word! Like both of them got ejected. Oh, that, that's going to be a good it rivalry. man.
0: it wasn't a sissy fight; it was a knockdown, dragout fight.
1: Did more than one person get involved? Like, did somebody finally knock Tobias Harris' uh, headband off? Like,
0: no, nobody did knock it. He, he still had it on his head, extra thick. <laughs> <No>,
1: okay, <laughs> I'm disappointed. Then, I right, that's yeah. The- well, I, I
0: I have high hopes for fights. I mean, there ain't nothing like you know. My man uh met a world peace in uh in Detroit. So nothing tops that. Right, no. You're right. That's no. yeah, that's a that's, a, that's a, a game fight for the ages. You know, this sort of stuff is just yeah, they're just yeah, they just runner ups.
1: Well, th- yeah, I, I honestly that's still the number two NBA fight in my mind. Kermit Washington What's knocking that? out Rudy oh, Tom God. is number one <laughs> all day. Oh, I'm watching the fight. Hold up! hold up. Oh. <laughs> Oh, snap! Oh, these boys
0: was battling. <laughs> Yo, they was hugging really hard. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't throw no punches, though. I mean, just for the record, there wasn't any punches thrown. They just rubbed each other a lot. Now, M.B. snuck a punch in. Yeah. Oh, let me, let, no, I don't think he did, man. Oh, I don't, no, no, no punches, bro. No, they were just wrestling man. It was like WWE. Then not nobody threw no punches.
1: Hey, say that. I'm wh- watching the fight. Say that word again. They was just what? They was just Rassling. they was doing WWE. He said ras- wrestling. Wrestling. Not wrestling. Wrestling. <laughs> That's what black people do.
0: Yeah. You know what this is what we do? <laughs> and we don't wrestle. We wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> And the thing is, his boys was congratulating him. Yeah, man, good job rubbing on him like that.
1: These right. NBA players nowadays, man, they don't even know, man. All right, it's time for us to wrap things up, man. It's time for us to get into brother. You wrong, um, brother. You wrong. I'm gonna go ahead and Let's kick. I'm gonna kick it off, brother. You wrong, and this ain't no brother. Ain't even close to a brother. So it's just gonna be you wrong, uh, Senator Richard. Burr, or as I'll call him, Dick Burr. Um, <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> wow. I mean, that is the nickname. That is his nickname. Um, so he vowed to introduce legislation uh, in the coming weeks to tax scholarship athletes. Now that the NCAA has passed a ruling that has said that NCAA athletes will be able to uh, get money from their likeness that is being used for gain uh by the ncaa they're trying to get out ahead of some of these laws and uh this happening state by state it started with california saying if you're playing ball here you're gonna be able to get some money and so the ncaa is seeing that they're in a losing battle and they're trying to get ahead of it and figure out how they can control this money and this senator along with other uh senators have stood up and said nope not gonna let these people get any money we're gonna figure a way to tax their scholarships um Brother, you wrong section of it comes in. you just wrong because at the end of the day, these kids out there are giving up their blood, sweat, and tears and doing all that they can to achieve their dreams, and now they're going to be able to get a chance to get a little bit of a hand up. And I think, to be honest with you, if the faces of some of these athletes didn't look the way that they did, if it wasn't just surrounding around you looking at some of these college basketball athletes and these football athletes and you're seeing black faces, I don't think that you would probably want this to be uh, Tax the way that you're suggesting. The thing that he has not thought about also is there are a lot more than just the NFL and or just the, um, the baseball and football and basketball players on scholarships. There are also other college athletes that, what are you going to do when you, are you going to tax the face of the, the Duke lacrosse team or the, the kid who's on the swimming team or the track team who's not making any money at all? Um, but just maybe getting a little bit because he's saying he's gonna tax the scholarships and treat the scholarships as though they're income. Brother, you wrong. Period, point blank. It's like we take one baby step forward and you trying to take three gigantic leaps back. You wrong for this. That's just pure evil at its best, and it ain't gonna last. Hopefully other people will shut that down. That's my brother, you wrong for the week.
0: Well, my brother, you're going to seem seem rather petty compared to yours because it's not that deep. Uh, My man, J-Rock, sent us a video on our group chat of a song Hammer made about, I don't know, what, 10, (laughs) 11 years ago? And apparently, Hammer Hammer did a diss song uh, going after Jay-Z. Just to let you know how bad this diss song was, No one paid attention. (laughs) No one said, ooh, Hammer towards Jay-Z. I've never actually heard the song until today. And when I tell you (laughs) that this song is an abomination on anything that is close to hip-hop, Hammer should be brought up on charges. He should be impeached. And he should be exiled away from the world. He should be on Mars somewhere for making... I said, "Garbage is too nice of a word to really, really to really <laughs> describe this song." When you get time, Google "Hammer," this is Jay Z, and you'll think the same thing I think. I was appalled. I was shocked and appalled. I listened to it twice just to make sure that I was. Re- it was really that bad. Yeah, it was that bad. It's a uh, listening to this song is like having GERD. It's like. Eating chili and having Gert and have it come back up. It's pretty disgusting. That's how bad this song is. Brother, you're wrong. Hammer, you should know better. Next time you do a diss song, make sure that it's, that it's, it's going to have an impact. Because it's kind of like if a tree falls in in the forest and you don't hear it, does it really fall? Did it really fall? Did Hammer really make uh-huh. a song that dissed Jay-Z? See?
1: See how deep that was? <laughs>
0: Brother You
1: Wrong. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh-huh. I don't know this brother's name, but an honorable mention on Brother You Wrong is this pastor that's gone viral for uh uh basically not oh, <laughs> Pastor Wilson, not Pastor Wilson, not Pastor Wilson, it's not Pastor Wilson, not no I purposely put that pause in there because I was like watching them say Pastor Wilson with a nasty. Uh.
0: <laughs> no.
1: Nah, nah, I'll try my And you know what's so funny? I called Raw Dog Pastor Wilson earlier just 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 to be funny. But um I didn't catch that. I did. But now
0: now that I'm I'm kind of mad now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but no, nah, I'm talking about the <laughs> I'm talking about the other pastor who stands up in front of the church at the funeral and says there's a bunch of sexy women in here. Brother, you wrong. It's a funeral. (laughs) And and you talking about all these women in here sexy, and you even talked about the dead woman as last time you saw her, she was sexy. Brother, you wrong. Come on.
0: Hey, Hey. hey, this is is a comedy club or
1: something.
0: Hey, give up all the sexy women.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's literally what it sounded like, man. So, brother, you're wrong for that. Whoever you are, that'll that'll get him on my side. Yeah, he gotta be a, he gotta be a deacon at Pastor Wilson's church. Or who's the cousin pastor? Yeah, I oh, don't know, man. Yeah, so pastor Wilson, pastor Wilson takes the cake, though. Yeah, yeah, that's your cousin. We know it. So. Oh man, bless his heart. Yeah, no, literally. Mm-mm. Yeah, Santa. <laughs> <laughs> Sanitize it. No, that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh, that that man need to go this,
0: this is this is the Boogaloo shrimp episode, right? Yeah. Or is it the Pastor Wilson episode?
1: <laughs> if we make it the Pastor Wilson episode, people are gonna be listening for no re- like for the wrong reasons. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we, we can't lose our audience. <laughs>
1: We can't lie to him. We're going to make it the, the Pastor Wilson versus Boogaloo Shrimp episode and, and see what hey, happens.
0: Hey, just for the record, the uh, Popeye's chicken sandwich is coming back Sunday.
1: Yeah, and, and all of his pettiness, like to come out on a Sunday is basically shot firing another shot at Chick-fil-A. That's petty. Yeah.
0: It's cool. Chick-fil-A going to drop another uh, mac and
1: cheese, man. Yeah, it was, It's going to bless the game. That mac and cheese is trash. Oh man. I don't know about the mac and cheese of Chick-fil-A, man. I don't know. Yeah, no. <laughs> I like it. Do you? Darn it. It seemed like they would be giving out like a free Post Malone album with that mac and cheese. Like, it's it's not... My mayonnaise music? not made for us, but... Alright, <laughs> right, fellas. It's been a good one. This has been a great episode, man. Make sure you check us out at www.com. TheBarbershop918.com You can find us on Spotify That's that's why I listen to us uh, Anchor
0: Facebook, Instagram Twitter, if you can't find us Then you ain't looking for us And if you ain't looking for us Then you're missing the best sports and entertainment podcasts around this town We are the Barbershop918, baby All day, every day I don't know what Ooh. else to say I <laughs> There we go <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that in every show from now on. And <laughs> <Here> we out. <are. laughs>